Hey everybody, I'm Jeff, and this is Casual Chats in a Parallel Universe. My dad and I have been having daily conversations about family, history, life lessons, movies, news, music, and more. Now we are sharing these chats with you. So welcome to our podcast, and we hope you enjoy. So now we're now we're on to the big excitement of what happened to Ivanovich Ivanovich Vodka. That's right. And international spirits. Because we know that our audience has been sitting on the edge. Oh, they must be just salivating, just waiting to find out. That's right. They're still in the cars. They've been there for days waiting for this next episode to come out. Because after $4 million has been pissed away. (laughs) Why not piss away some more? Now, so so what (laughs) what is there that's sitting that remains of Ivanovich? Well, there's there's a whole lot of inventory that's sitting in a warehouse in Atlanta. Right. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not in Atlanta, in uh, Savannah, Georgia. Well, so 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 the brand the, you guys have called it brands dead. Like Etera is like what they say to you? Okay, we no, they didn't say anything to me. Oh, okay. they didn't say anything to oh, me. Okay. I looked at it and I said, well. There was there was a main there was a couple of things, but the main thing was is when we took out this line of credit for buying inventory, I personally guaranteed it uh, because I w- I oversaw the whole thing, thinking well you know Etero will make me whole, you know, whenever right uh, so, but effectively I had I had money at risk, so. And and not an insignificant amount of money. It was a, no, it, it was wasn't. A fair I amount. mean, it was you know, it was like say 150 grand. Okay, I mean, to most people, that's a that's a pretty significant yeah, yeah. amount of money. I I don't disagree with you. It's not in, an inconsequential <laughs> sum of money. So I, um, when we closed it down, uh, when Etera closed it down, I realized there was no appetite. To for Etera to pay any further money on this brand, including paying back the line of credit. So I realized I'm going to be the one on the hook for this. So I start looking at what's there and what from I from an can, inventory perspective. Well, mm-hmm. just from no, from from everything. What oh, are the assets? I see. What's what can I get rid of? Right. Because you have a trademark, you have a well, we've got everything. Right. Everything's still sitting there. So I've got all the relationships, the the distributors, the importer, okay. licensing, all that stuff. So all the money that was spent on all the regulatory and all that is still there. It's all current. It's there. And there's, you know, a not insignificant amount of inventory, quite a bit. Uh, I, I can't recall exactly how much, but, but there, there was a significant amount of inventory. So I said to Etera, look, I'll, because they were paying, uh, they being Etera, were still paying storage charges on the inventory. So the warehouse was continuing to bill them. And if they didn't pay for the storage charges, then the warehouse would have uh, disposed of it, which would have been very expensive because to get rid of, alcoholic beverage product, you have to take it to a special landfill, which is not cheap. And so it was going to cost a lot of money. And they would have been stuck with that because they were on the hook 
for the warehousing. So I said, look, I'll take over the whole thing. I'll take the responsibility for the inventory. I'll take the responsibility for everything, but I want 100% of the stock. So you sell me the business for basically me. I'll take over the response, all the fiscal the fiscal responsibility for everything associated with the business. So they said, okay, all we want to do is get out of this, say goodbye. And uh, so I took it over. So they just handed it, they just handed you the keys to, to the well, business? Well, I mean, basically? but I was. I mean, but you were on the hook for the. I was on the hook for grand. the line of credit so and, for, I, for and the, I was paying for the warehousing and, I gotcha. and all the other uh, ongoing expenses. So other than the debt, the debts, but they didn't, they weren't like you, we need any other, th- anything else on top of that. No, no, you they were just happy. To, they just wanted to stop the bleeding. Right. You're so just, I took it over. They're over it. Okay. So um, I cut a deal with Tony. I said, look, if you help me get rid of this inventory, I'll split. You know, once I get my money back, anything we make over what I've got at risk, I'll split with you 50-50. So he said, he, that's fine. He said, that's great. I'll, we'll do it. So what that but allows... You, still, you, you weren't splitting the company. That was just... The no, I own you I own the company 100%. So I said, look, you, but the profits, we would split 50-50. Right. So he, he said, fine. He, you know, he felt like... Um, we could get rid of product in both Georgia and in Texas. And the way we would do that is because I think the, the pricing, what we had paid or what Etera had paid, I think we had like, when you consider the cost of the product and the federal excise tax, which is just huge, federal excise tax makes up, I don't know, uh, what is federal excise tax? Well, the, there's an the excise layman. tax on on alcoholic beverages and uh, beer. That includes beer, and, but it's it's a higher, much higher rate on uh, alcoholic beverages like whiskey and and vodka. So it, it was a lot of money. I mean, there, say on a ten dollar, the say the bottle was uh, retail price was ten dollars. Let's just say all in the sale price to the, um, let's say we had $8 in it. Right. So we were operating off of a 20% gross margin. And uh, so. Which is thin. Yeah, it's, it's very thin. And, but that was at, at cost. And, but because I had bought the inventory really just for whatever we had, this $150,000, right. my cost at this point was probably down around a buck and a half. So I could afford to sell this product very cheap. Sure. And so that's what we did is we went to specs and we cut a deal for selling a container of product to them and a container to the distributor in Georgia and let them see how long it took them to work through that. And we would, you know, guarantee to them, look, if you can get rid of this, we'll sell you another container, same price. So that's what we did. 
we, I, when I say we, that's what Tony ended up doing, is he went to uh, Specs and cut a deal with them. And they loved it because they were moving the product already. In, in Texas already. Right. So it just meant they were going to make more money. So they were very happy. Not only that's when, when you were talking about these huge displays. Right. That's when the monster displays at Specs showed up. Right. So they really started promoting it. And our, our small beer distributor in in Georgia was able to cut some really great deals with uh, retailers. Most of them were in uh, Atlanta. So, but the retailers in Atlanta were, hey, I mean, we can make this much gross margin. Right. Well, we'll do that for sure. So we were able uh, to liquidate um, the inventory over a period of, say, four to six months. We were able to liquidate all of the inventory. And not only did I get all my money back, but I made a nice piece of change on top of it. Right. So we reached this point. What? Okay. So what? what now what? Now what are we? Well, the inventory's do? gone. Yeah. Well, and, and you got your money back. Yeah, but but Specs wanted to continue buying it, and uh, so did the distributor in Georgia. So we said, look, if you're willing to buy a container, a full container of product, I will sell you a full container. I'll I'll buy the I'll buy a container of vodka. Mm -hmm. I'll have it formulated in in the Netherlands. Right. I'll have it shipped over and uh I'll have it shipped to you to the distributor in your state. And uh here's the price. Yeah, because you can't maintain the price point. Oh no, no the liquidation price no. point. But but they were willing to because they were making really good money at this ten dollar eleven dollar price point retail price point. Uh, they could easily make a thirty percent uh, margin because there was no marketing budget. We had, we didn't have to pay any marketing at all. Right. Uh, and there was no there were no buybacks or anything else because we were only selling to this very limited uh, retailer structure. That we had put together, so it was it was working out very nicely. You know, I was we were selling maybe a container a month uh, in each territory, so I was making you know like fifty thousand dollars a month. Well, and realistically, the I think one interesting thing that was born out of this was that there was no other vodka at that price point when you guys started selling at that quality. Price point. There were no other quality vodkas that were being sold at that right, price point. Right. Because um, Smirnoff was like a bit higher. Yeah. There were a couple bucks a couple higher bucks, than yeah, you. Yeah. And and like what, like a Burnett's or something like that was, was they were uh, like they were a couple eight, bucks yeah, less. Than they were $8. You. Right. And they were also not, you know, they weren't in glass. You know, right. like you're saying, there was a little, there, there's definitely, you would notice a, a quality Difference. Oh, the, I mean, the product itself, all the way, the, the bottling, the packaging, everything was top, top quality stuff. This was not cheap stuff. Right. So. But I mean, I, I just think, I, I think it's, in, what, what I think is interesting to me is, and of course, 
it, it probably doesn't matter to anybody else, but you guys basically invented that price point yeah. for that style of vodka. Because that, well, nowadays there's there's multiple different vodkas at that price right. point that you would consider, you know, a a a uh, like a, a upper middle class. I think is what you, the best way to maybe kind of envision it an upper yeah. middle class type well, we were vodka. like we were like a kettle one wannabe right you know if yeah. you well, if, if you, you call that upper class well then that you was more middle class. but you're like middle upper. yeah i mean we were we were punching far above our weight class you know because we were selling what effectively is a top shelf vodka for a bottom shelf price right so it was a very high quality vodka at a at a cheap price right so yeah, uh, and I just find and, that I think that's so cool. I mean, oh, I think yeah. that that if anything, and I mean, you can't, you know, there's no like award that you would ever see or anything like that. But just to yeah. know that before you guys came into the market, that that didn't exist, and now it is a major, you know, air like price point in, in the vodka industry, and you guys more or less created that. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I'll I'll take give it. you I'll yeah, give you that. Take it. Yeah, if, if <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah, bask in it. Yeah, and had, had we had we uh, <laughs> left it at that, right? It would have been a very nice business that may have ultimately grown into something very significant, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, because I made a miscalculation. Well, I made a strategic error, blunder in in thinking that Tony uh, that we could take the business and move it to the next level, which was expanding it into other jurisdictions, other states. Right. And initially, the, my requirement was, is I was only willing to sell containers of vodka. So I didn't want to go on the hook for any inventory at all. So Tony was able to, I, we had uh, got uh, the distributor in South, a distributor in South Carolina to agree to buy containers of the product. So we had... Georgia, Texas, uh, we were still in Florida, but not really much. Right. And South Carolina. So that's where we were. And, you know, if we would have just left it that, look, you come, you give us an order for a container, we'll have it made, shipped over, and you sell it. And you just pay us, you know, up front. We're not... You know, there's no special deal here. You're buying a product at a set price. We have a deal with our bottler at a set price. So I know immediately you buy the container. Here's what I make. I don't have any expenses. Right. Period. Full stop. It's a very simple business. And if we would have stuck to that, I think we would have done extremely well and probably would still be in business. Or sold out to... Another, Whatever, another but company. irrespective, made, made a nice it would have been a success. Way. Yeah, it would have been a success. But we, the the I, 
changed the 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 whole the structure, the strategy, I agreed to inventory product. And that was the big mistake. Why did you uh, what uh, so what prompted you to we thought we could we thought we could take it national. We thought the brand had enough legs with Texas, Georgia, uh, South Carolina, with the contacts we had. We felt we could leverage those contacts in, but we would need inventory because, you know, starting a new state, they're not just going to buy an entire container to start. They'll right. give us an order, but and test it and see but, if it works. You know, so we decided, I think we were going to try, we were going to go for an additional, I think, five or six states. And that was going to require a certain amount of inventory, and which, which we funded. And that's when things really, as, as the, our listeners might imagine, you know, once you start going down that trail, the, what I call the inventory trail, you, you just basically, you lose your way. You know, you just, you, you get all caught up in the romance of the thing and you're not, you know, and I wasn't paying attention because I had some other things that were going on, you know, personal, you know, other investments that I was looking at. And I was really relying on Tony and, you know, Tony, um, the way I think I describe it is he didn't have any respect for capital because he had no money invested in the business. He was making 50%, but I was funding everything. So if the thing ended up, you know, cratering, uh, yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd lose his paycheck, but he wouldn't lose any money. Right. So, um, it, you know, I, the funding just started getting bigger, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we were starting to get a, a foothold, in these new states, but now we're starting to get into the pay for play, you know, with the retailers and we're starting to hire people, you know, salespeople, you, yep. you know, and some other people that were traveling around the country, you know, with these, all these states we were starting to open up in. So here we are, we've got to have more inventory available and we were starting to introduce new flavors. So now, it's not just the base vodka. We've got multiple flavors. We had apple vodka. We had, oh, God, I can't even think. Oh, you had millions of Oh, yeah, we had, had like 15. Vanilla, you had vanilla, vanilla, apple, blackberry, watermelon. Everything. Uh, peach. Well, I remember I remember when Pete, the you know, the peach Ciroc came out. And it was. Right. I remember that, you know, and you couldn't find it anywhere. People were paying. Right thousand of dollars so so we came out with peach well there was Ivana another peach. there was another vodka called pinnacle, pinnacle. and pinnacle oh, that's right was their specialty was lots of flavors lots and lots of different flavors and so we were basically you know pinnacle would come out with something we'd match it because we were at a lower price point right so but the difference was from my understanding is that pinnacle pinnacle I mean, they had a lot more money than we did. Oh, yeah. And, and, but the idea was to just create this huge thing on the sale because all they were looking to do was just sell out anyway. 
that they were they were just they were dumping all kinds of money into it to create this no. vi- look no. of a large brand no, no, and no. ultimately to no, just no. I mean, sell the, it to no, a, Pinnacle, a, a Pinnacle co- was run company. by a very savvy, very the savvy. The guy did Van Gogh, right? Wasn't it the same yeah. gentleman that did Van Gogh did Pen- I thought no, I thought that's no, what it was. No. Uh, well, Bango anyway, was owned by somebody else. Into the weeds. But anyhow, Pinnacle was owned. No, these these people were very savvy. And they were they were very savvy from an inventory perspective, whereas I wasn't. Um what what was happening was because we were trying to come out with all these flavors, when I was ordering a new flavor from our bottler, I had to order a minimum quantity. Right. They were, you know, and that was multiple containers. I might have to order, I don't know, four, six uh, containers because, as you will recall, not only was there a 750 mil size, there was a 1.5 liter right. size. Right. So we, you had two different sizes that you had to stock. Then there were the 375s. <laughs> the, the miniature, the the well, yeah, but the, it was the, mainly the seven seven fifty and the one point five half pints. Yeah. So anyhow, it, it's it, it. There was a minimum quantity. I had to order each time. Each time we come out with a new flavor, so the inventory kept growing. You know, and because we're not, it's not being sold through. You know, it it just keeps growing because we're adding these new flavors, and you know, so Tony can sell it. And get our bigger footprint because we want to have the billboard you know, more and more shelves yeah. full of of Ivanovich vodka. So it just got to the point where um, I looked, you know, I started looking at the financials and and realizing this thing was never ever going to really come to fruition. You know, maybe we might not maybe. without spending a lot more. Yeah, money. and 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 basically, I would have had to have sold it to some other company ultimately uh, to get money out of it. So it just it it just wasn't getting there the way Tony thought it was going to get there. And then the then we come into what I call the coup de gras, which was the thing that killed the brand completely. And that was, um, there was a vodka that came out uh, called um, Skinny Girl. It wasn't a vodka. It was a, it was a, it was a drink. It was a, it was a mixed cocktail. Yeah, but she had, she had a vodka too. There, there was skin, Anyway, Skinny Girl was, the, the idea was, is they were going to come out with a product that was lower in, ca- lower in calories and alcoholic beverage. You know, but you could drink it and not gain weight. Right. And, uh, and, and, but to, to all the listeners, what do you have to do to alcohol if you want to make it skinny? We you lower your, the alcohol level. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, so, so you just less alcohol. Add more water. Yeah. It's not exactly. So the, the proof, the proof number comes down. Right. But, but the problem was, is, is that in order to take advantage of that, you know, of her success, and for us to try to duplicate that success, we would have to create this new product called Ivana Be Skinny. And so <laughs> we start getting on the bandwagon for Ivana Be Skinny, which means what? Inventory. Right. Inventory. And uh, so we come up with this brand new product. 
Oh God. I just well, th- I but, just think about it. It's just just but, just a nightmare. But but taking it back a little bit, I mean, so Ivana, uh, uh, not Ivana V. Skinny, but but Skinny Girl comes out, and so Tony, being the the sort of creative that he is, is like, or or seeing a, a that it's doing well, is like, hey, you know, we maybe we could do something like that. And yeah. so you you guys started coming up with this idea. And you took that to your distributors who then told you this is a fantastic yeah. idea. We could really sell it. Well, they, they, they thought they could sell it, but it, it, you know, again. So it wasn't, not, it, wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't, I'm just saying this as to, because this is one part where I feel like you guys were, guided down a path that wasn't really that, that I don't know. I don't know. Because the, the, I felt like you guys were really duped by the distributors nah, to, to nah, be like, you, we nah. could really make this happen. And that's, no, why, because, that's why you invested in so much inventory. No, it's not really true. Yeah. It, as much as I would like that to be true, that's not really true. <laughs> okay. That, that was well, Tony's. I'm trying to give you some credit no, here. No, no, that was Tony. That was always Tony's story. Oh, okay. and and in in actual fact, it's you know it's when you can't, you're not making a success out of your base brand, okay? You're just spending money like a drunken sailor on inventory that's not moving, and you're gonna ha- in order to move it, you're you're having to spend even more money on buyback allowances and marketing allowances, and that you have to give to the distributor in order to induce them to, to buy the product. Right. So you've got your base product, which is your core product that has to sell in order for you to be successful. And it's and not you, selling. And, you, and it's not selling. I mean, it's selling, but you're not making any real money off of it. And uh, now Tony's on to the next thing. Well, let's not worry about that. We're going to make millions off of Ivana B. Skinny. So it was, it was just really... One, it was a one which mistake. actually was a good product because a skinny girl tasted like garbage, and the yeah. the Ivana B skinny because I remember going and doing tastings and everybody you know once you could get it into people's mouths yeah everybody liked it now the the you know uh, everything else about other than the product itself and the taste of the product yeah was great everything else about the product yeah was terrible. Well, the, the, the thing that uh, our listeners should, should really understand about this whole process and that anybody that's ever brought out any type of product will tell you is having a great product doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, you can t- there, there are probably millions of fabulous products that are laying in trash bins all around the country. Uh, it's having a great product. It's a given. Uh, if you don't have a great product, it's you're, you're dead meat. Even, but even if you have a great product, especially in a in a three tiered marketing system, uh, unless unless you really have the people behind you, where they are having to invest their own money, you're never going to be. You're, it's the chances of you. Being successful 
are just so slim. It's ridiculous. Well, and I mean, this was the part that I never completely understood. So you have Skinny Girl, right? And you see the success of Skinny Girl. But obviously that success hinged on a major television personality. I mean, at the time, this woman had millions of viewers because she was on the Real Housewives show. Yeah. So the, and then she also had other things in the work where she had like her own talk show. And so she had this monster platform to be able to, you know, yeah. market her own brand. But, but, but then when it came to Ivana B. Skinny, it was, we're going to do the same thing that we've been doing, which is we're just going to put it up on a shelf. Yeah. And and it's going to sell because it's right next to Skinny Girl, and we're yeah. going to and but not only that, it's going to cost the same amount yeah. as Skinny Girl. Yeah. So there was very little, and that's why I never understood that there was so, I mean, so much bravado. I mean, that takes some balls to really be like, you know what, we're going to go up against a big locomotive freight train. And we're just going to set it up there and well, it's, it's going to, it's going to, it, we're going to make millions off well, of I it. Well, I think you're, I, for, first of all, I think you're. That's a, that's my perspective. Yeah, you're, you're overstating the case for, uh, what was your name? Bethany, Bethany Frankel. Bethany Frankel. Yeah. yeah. You're overstating the case for her, her and the impact of her brand. She did create this concept I guess I mean she was, she wasn't in it by herself. I know no. there were other people involved. Well, no, there were there were other people that were playing this game of reduced calorie vodka. There were several people that were doing that. She was the most successful because she had the TV personality. Right. So you're absolutely correct on that. But as as a percentage of the market, the the entire alcoholic beverage market it was infinitesimal. I mean, her, her product was just nothing. It, it was for her. It was a real success, and she she was making money off of it, and she sold it for a few million dollars. But it ultimately she sold it for a few million dollars. Right. But it, like I say, in the grand scheme of things, it was nothing. It was like a you know, like a drop in the bucket. Um, and 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 what we were doing was the wannabe. Idea. We're, we're, we want to be like I want to be like like Skinny Girl, right? And we're going to come to product with this market. I mean, to come to market with this, this product, product that was going to do what you just said is basically we were going to do similar to what we did with Ivanovich, right? And and come out with this cheap product but high quality, and uh, it didn't work. It didn't work for the the big reason it didn't work, and this is, this is where things get complicated. The the uh, the alcoholic beverage or the alcohol in Ivana B. Skinny was wine based, right? And the, the Ivana B. the a Skinny Girl was a true vodka. It or not a vodka. It was a it was a a ethanol based product. Yeah. And our product was not. Our product was wine based. Right. You still got the same amount of alcohol, but the benefit for us was we paid less money in excise taxes, and it, it allowed us to offer it at a cheaper price. But 
The unfortunate part was is nobody could figure out where it was supposed to go in the retail store because since it was a wine-based spirit, not an ethanol-based spirit, nobody could figure out where it went. And so (coughs) we had a deal with... uh, Walgreens. Walgreens, yeah. But but without going into a whole lot of stuff, it was a monster fail. Yeah. It just died completely. We had huge amounts of inventory because we had been assured of the super success of this product. Uh, But we had no commitments from anybody. (laughs) Just everybody telling us, oh, this thing's going to sell like hotcakes. Uh, You need to have plenty of inventory available because it's going to sell out. And of course, what did I do? I bought, you know, and, and this is my money that's going to pay for this inventory. Which if Steve Kogler could have seen what Steve Kogler was doing, would have told him, you're a fucking idiot. Why oh, yeah. you why you never do that? Well, I had been you know, I I you know drank the Kool-Aid that the distributors were, oh, this is gonna fly off the shelves, you know, and uh, but meanwhile we had no commitments for anything other than, you know, an initial order, you know, from these people. So basically So we uh, loaded up. Yeah, so at the end of the at the end of the day, we we ended up with huge amounts of Ivanovich inventory, huge amounts of Ivanovich skinny inventory, and a business that was just not making any money. Uh, I mean, between the salespeople, the marketing budgets, and we were losing every every product we sold, we were losing money on because we uh, we were just trying to get rid of it. And finally, I just said, I, I've had enough. You know, it's we're going to shut it down. I said we're going to fire. I I fired everybody, including uh, me. Fired you. Yep. Fired all the marketing people. Fired I was, Tony. I was actually first to go. And like... fired Tony. <laughs> and uh, and basically, ultimately, I ended up selling out the brand to uh, our our distributor in Texas. He was yeah. You know, it was a, it was a decent deal for him. It was a smart deal for him because he was selling. Well, but but. You're you're skipping over one last. There was one last ditch effort. Oh God! Oh yeah! What was that? Oh, it was big time too. Oh, the tobacco, the tobacco oh, flavored vodka. Oh, oh, I don't I, even want to talk about it. And no, we got it because that there there was one last That's true. ditch and, effort, and and, 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 and and it just goes to show how my brain had atrophied at that, <laughs> that point. <laughs> Because even though I had inventory of Ivanovich vodka and inventory of Ivanovich skinny vodka. We were, hey, look, I mean, if you're going to burn it down, yeah. you might as well. This, was, this was Tony's grand idea. This was the gasoline that you poured all over everything He came else. up with this idea of, of a tobacco-flavored vodka. Right. And honestly, I can't even recall, I, because when he pitched it to me, I said, all I can conjure up in my mind is a tobacco-flavored vodka is going to taste like a cigarette, like butt. like a no, well, like a like an ashtray. Yeah, that's horrible. Well, it's funny because that's all that conjured up in pretty much everybody's mind. Yeah, but, but he but said, Tony's. "Oh no, no." Oh, he yeah. said, "Just think of cigars. Think of a cigar bar 
and this fabulous smell in a cigar bar of cigars, you know, like a Cuban cigar right. sitting in a, it, it's, it's just that, that rich feeling of sitting back, kicking back in your leather chair and, you know, tasting this vodka that has that delicious cigar flavor to sure. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, his pitch to me was, I, or I remember the, the selling pitch, the idea was that how many smokers are there in the world Yeah, or whatever. So instead of going outside to have a cigarette, right. you could just take a shot yeah. of tobacco-flavored vodka. Yeah, What an amazing pitch. But that then goes back to the fact of, so then your vodka tastes like cigarettes? Well, that, because and, that's, that's, and that's what happened. And that's, there's no nicotine. And you can't put nicotine in vodka. That's, that's, oh, no. that's illegal. No, no. Can't do that. Can't nope. make it uh, any nope. more addictive than it already is. Right. I think his vision for it was it was going to become like the next Jägermeister. Oh, you know, he, 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 he had envisioned that there were going to be, I remember there would be machines where you could do like the sort of like Jaeger where you could do shots. And uh, I'm, but, I'm, but, sure, I'm sure Tony, Tony had visions of, all kinds of but things. But the second best part, not only was it tobacco flavored, but there was a menthol flavor. That's right. Oh, yes. That's what, uh, let's not forget well, that. Right. So yeah. we had, at, yeah. the, at the same time, we came out with the tobacco and the menthol yeah. because you got to have the cools, you know, as and well. We, and we had a, it was, just to add insult to injury, <laughs> we had a huge... Uh, Kickoff. Marketing kickoff in New York. Yes. At a cigar, a famous cigar bar in New York, where we, where we kicked off the worldwide uh, marketing kickoff for this new uh, flavor of uh, tobacco flavored vodka. Mm -hmm. Tony actually uh, appeared on CNBC. Yes. Well, we, we did. Uh, engage in a PR with a PR company. Yeah. Um, Blaze PR. Yep. Uh, Matt Kovacs out of out of uh, Santa Monica, and they are a fantastic PR company. I, I would just oh, like to are. give them a plug, and I really like Matt a lot. Yeah. I think he's uh, uh, he's amazing at what he does, and he's he's right. just a good guy. On top of that, well, they're good marketing people, and, you and, know. But they and they were, and they they. We're able to secure some spots for Tony on uh, some on on TV, and there he was before we knew it. More, more like I, I think the reason Matt was in, in retrospect. I mean, Matt, the, without their contacts, we would have never gotten on there. Right. But I mean, I it, I, I think ultimately it was so ridiculous. <laughs> it it ultimately. Uh, it, I mean, this is, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking. Uh, but it, the, the whole idea was so stupid and so ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it just boggles the mind. I mean, I didn't like the idea. Uh, Pete, our, our uh, uh, operating officer, didn't like the idea. Nobody liked the idea. The only person that liked the idea was Tony. And he was, but and he was convinced. He really liked the idea. No, no, he he did. He thought, oh, he thought this was just brilliant. And I, I said, you know, we ought to at least do a uh, 
Like a test? Yeah. Um, I forget what is. I can't think of the term marketing test. Focus group. Oh. We should do a focus group to see what likelihood is, you know. Oh, no, we don't need to do that. Yeah, it's that uh, We don't want to waste money on something like that. Let's just go ahead and do it. So, of course, what did that entail? Same thing everything else entailed, which was inventory. And we had to have sufficient inventory. So by the time... Because you never want to run out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's see, that's the salesman's... Tobacco flavor. That's the salesman's that. mentality. The salesman... Tony's mentality was is that we always had to guard against being out of stock. So, especially for a brand new product. But but the lead time on this stuff, you know, if if we wanted to, if if the tobacco vodka had been this monster seller that he thought it was going to be, we could have easily, you know, bought more inventory, paid a premium for it, sure, you know, move us up in the production line. But but I mean, to, if it was gangbusters, then it'd be worth it. Yeah. And I mean, but, but, but it, it just, I mean, the chances of it being even remotely successful was, or, or being even minimally successful was so remote that it just was, it, it was like somebody saying, you know, look, the, 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 we got a guy that's drowning. He's going down for the third time. <laughs> let's let's hand him an anvil and see how fast he can actually. He keeps coming up the, for air. We got to get this. We got to get under. rid of this guy. So this was Tony's. This was Tony's uh, pass at at a five hundred pound anvil, and it it sunk. It sunk the company. It literally sunk the company, and that's that's when I fired everybody. Is is. I said I've had, I've had enough of this, and uh, and as your severance, you get a free case of tobacco flavored yeah, vodka. And, Please yeah. take it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Want so, uh, <laughs> and ultimately, uh, what what I did was is uh, after I fired Tony and <laughs> and everybody else with the company uh, was try to work a deal. Uh, with somebody to buy the brand, which was basically buy the inventory, and and also the trademark and all that. And funny, that, I mean, basically back to square one. Yeah, where and, you were, and at Tony and originally. Tony was trying to because he was trying to figure out a way he would make some money, not not much, but that he would, and and he tried to get me to sell out uh, to this group up in um, Boston. And we nego I negotiated a deal with them, and it was had so many conditions to it. It just so I went back and decided to talk to Jay, and Jay and I sat down and hammered out a deal that made good business sense to me and good good sense to him. It gave him a real shot at uh, maybe making a success out of it, right? And uh, so I sold the whole thing out to uh, to Jay, which effectively uh, got me off, paid off my credit line, uh, and and got me out of uh, pretty much all the debt on the balance sheet. I still ended up losing a horrific amount of money on the deal, but you know, it. it but the, the the kind of to just show there was somebody even dumber than me. Uh, 
on this uh, whole thing is we were we were trying to figure out somebody to sell this monster amount of Ivanabee skinny inventory right. that we literally couldn't even give away. Because that you weren't giving to Jay. No, Jay didn't want it. Nobody wanted it. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, God, it was just. I remember so, you were ready to sell it at like 99 cents, uh, like a dollar. No, a no, I was willing to give it away because the problem was, again, going back to this idea of disposing of of product that is, you know, in a landfill, it's expensive. Right. It was going to cost me, I don't know, $50,000, $75,000 to get rid of this crap. So I ended up, uh, I actually did sell it for something uh, to some liquidator who thought he was going to be able. Right. To get, and I said, look, I'll give you all the, you know, all the contacts, all the information on the brand for all the people that, you know, we were selling it to initially. I said, I'm sure you'll be able to get rid of it. Uh, and so he bought it uh, in place at the, at the warehouse. And he started taking over the monthly cost of, and it was funny, I think it was like, Four four years later, five years later, I got this call out of the blue from the guy that bought the Ivanabee skinny inventory. He said, uh, is there any chance you know somebody that might take this Ivanabee skinny inventory <laughs> off? And I said, you still have it? And he said, yeah. I mean, at that point, is it like the shelf life? I mean, who's going to Well, I mean, it was, it, it? it was a real question. There was, there, there was a question mark on the on the shelf life, but because it was something to do with the uh, wine-based uh, product that it was a longer shelf life uh, or the way it was sealed or something, the, the likelihood was it was probably still good. And <laughs> Just what I wanted I, to what did something I Something that's probably well, I still didn't good. care. It's not no, my, no, not I my know problem. I know you didn't care at that it's point. It's his problem. So, and I said, no, I don't have a clue. And, and I said, what, what are you doing? He said, he said, "Well, I'm still paying the uh, storage charges every month." I said, "You?" I said, "Man, you are crackers." Uh, I said, "Well, I said I would sincerely suggest to you that you, uh, if you got it in a company, you can just go bankrupt in. That's what. That's what. That's what you ought to do. Better yet, just put it in a shed and so blow that, it up. That was that was the end of of uh, international spirits." Uh, my foray into the uh, spirits business. Again, uh, I ended up with a huge amount of experience, you know, but I paid dearly. What a wild ride experience. though, right? And, yeah. uh, but yeah. as far as, you know, having fun, man, I had, there were some incredible times. I mean, fun, fun, fun stuff. I tra we traveled, I mean, even mom, uh, we traveled all over the world, you know, with this with this brand and the company, and you know, met I met people, you know, in the in the in the business, you know, I mean, super super successful people. That uh, <laughs> that a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, you know, when I talk about stupid decisions. Uh, that these st stupid decisions were pointed out to me <laughs> by people that are very, very smart in the uh, in the liquor business. And uh, I mean, I think even you uh, look, I mean, I mean, and 
I don't think it would have taken somebody very, very smart to see, you know, that this, that it was, it was a house of cards, you know, realistically, like the way it was all, all done. No, like, at the beginning, I feel like you had, you had it. Oh, and, wait. Then, and then it just, we had, it, it, we had it cold. If we would have just left it the way it was where they were buying containers and we were selling containers. I could have, we could have easily, easily made a million dollars a year without question. Right. And probably maybe would have built the thing up over a period of years, sold it for millions of dollars and, and done very well. But because of, of Tony's grandiose ideas and my, uh, inability to say no uh, it it turned out to be really a bad a, a very poor it yeah. was an extremely poor business decision and uh but at the same time did we have a lot of fun right did i drink a lot of booze yeah did i get drunk a lot <laughs> yes did uh, we have a lot of great times yes right uh and meet some incredibly interesting people Yes. Right. And are we, you still, obviously, you're not living in a shack. No. You know, no. You, you didn't. No, luckily. Selling I, the farm. Luckily, you know, my, you, my you network. You had insulated yourself yeah. from at least that. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. No. And, and so in, in the process, I mean, at the end of the day, look, you could, could you have made millions off of it? Maybe. But yeah. at the end of the day, you can't take that with you. And so, and the experiences and, and, you know, the good times, even the bad times, yeah. I mean, makes But I learned a lot. I learned that. a lot from it. And, and those, all the experiences I had, especially from an inventory uh, standpoint and how to manage inventory, Never do finance that inventory, right. uh, all of that uh, has helped me dramatically in other business ventures that I've gone into. So it wasn't, it, it was uh, an expensive uh, experience, but at the same time, uh, it, in the grand scheme of things, it was great experience that helped me a lot in other ventures. Right. So, yeah, at the end of the day, would I change anything? Nah. Well, you can't, so. No, but I is. mean, you know, if I could, I wouldn't. It was, you know, it was a, it was a lot of fun a lot, of, a lot of fun and, and exciting and uh, just didn't work. Yeah. There you go. So, but and I still. It makes for a great story. It does. And it's, you know, it's, it's why do I continue to invest in, you know, startups and other. It's because, you know, there's opportunities and uh, meeting interesting people. And a lot of times the startups go bust. But so what? You know, uh, sometimes they do really well, and uh, the people—it's—it's it's fun to help people start out and get started sure. in new businesses. So. I, hey, as I've always been told, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. So That's true. You always take the shot. That That's you never true. Know what's, That's true. What, what it's it's what, always what easy to it. say, "I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take any chance." Right. You know, my my idea of taking a chance is I invest in government treasuries. So you don't take any chance. You, you don't want to take any risk. 
me, I've always been a risk taker. So, you know, taking the risk. And, but I always, even, even though risk. I did, I mean, I did lose a substantial amount of money. It was a, it was a number that I knew going in that's, that was the number I was willing to risk. Right. It wasn't an unlimited amount of money. So I lost what I had said. This is all I'm willing to, yeah. to put in. So there you go. That's, that's, I want to be, I, I, I want to bitch and I want to be skinny. Yeah. The lore. Yeah. But I want to bitch, I want to bitch, I think is, I, I've seen it. It's still in, uh, it's still in the, some stores around the country. And uh, unfortunately, uh, one bad thing that happened was uh, Jay, the guy that bought the brand, unfortunately uh, got cancer right. and uh, passed away a few years ago. So that, that was an unfortunate situation, but. Uh, Does his wife still own it or are you? Don't I, know you know, I, d- I don't have any idea. I, d- I didn't uh, really did, didn't keep up with it, but uh, I think uh, specs still carries, uh, the brand. still carries it. There you go. So I'm sure. And I think uh, Tony probably, um, because Tony uh, still does maintain a relationship with the guy that owns Specs, so he may he may have made an arrangement, you know, to have the product, uh, you know, continue to be shipped. But I don't know. So if you're ever in Texas, yeah, check and, it out. And you're in the looking for a, a vodka brand, yeah, and check out Ivana Bitch. See if see if there's a little Ivana Bitch in there. You go. That's and, it. And, and the and the the original is a is a is a good vodka. It's a good vodka. It is. It's like if you like Kettle One, if you've ever had Kettle One, it's uh Kettle One is uh it's in the twenty dollar range for yeah. seven fifty. Yeah. And our product is identical to that product. Uh and it it's in the eleven dollar range. Right. So or why not, wouldn't you who why knows wouldn't you buy a vodka? Exactly where it is, what range it's in, but no, I'm sure it's it, it would have been it would be in the same range. There you go. Yeah. Or just hit us up. I still have a few bottles in my garage. If, <laughs> if you need one. Well, we used to have, but we gave most of it away. <laughs> so that's it. That's it for this episode. All of, right. of uh, casual, casual conversations. Chats. I'm glad we and, come together. And and uh, you know, I can't wait till the till the next episode. Yeah, we'll come up with some other. Uh, amazing deal that I got involved in. 